Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now sit back, please, and enjoy Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. By the Wizard of Weird, this is Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. I am Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more. And on this edition of the show, I'm going to tell you the complete story of one of the weirdest experiences of my life. And it happened while investigating Roswell, New Mexico. To be honest with you, for many years, I have been banned from officially talking about this. But it's been 15 years ago now, and I'm ready to tell you almost everything. It's a long story, so I'll jump right in and do the best I can. Over the years, I have been on many television shows on many different channels and networks. And in 2005, I was on my way from North Carolina, where I lived at the time, to the Los Angeles area to be talent on a show called Possessed Possessions which was actually a two-hour Halloween special that would air on, um, it was going to air, you know, later that year on TLC, the Learning Channel, which I believe at that time was owned by Discovery. You know, these, these companies, they're always playing Monopoly with their networks. And anyway, that show, it was hosted by James Von Prague. Possessed, by, Possessed Possessions was kind of like an antiques roadshow for haunted and cursed items. And so we had people bring in all this spooky stuff from around the country and really the world for that matter. And I analyzed things technically using gadgets and gizmos. And then um, we had a couple of psychics that I met for the first time, Karen Reese and Laura Lee, who would come in and they would bring their expertise. And it was actually a really cool show. Well, when I was preparing to go to L.A. to do that, I received a call from a producer and director, a very significant figure in the TV business named Jim Castle, who owned Castle Digital. And uh, Jim Castle was familiar with me uh, for a number of reasons, but especially listening to me be interviewed on Coast to Coast AM. And Jim, he, he's the winner of numerous Emmys. Uh, he was born in L.A., has worked in the TV business his entire life, even been an instructor or a professor in, in film schools, that sort of thing, and has many claims to fame. One of them is he is a very talented artist, and he actually was the guy who sat down and with his own hand drew the now-famous logo for the TV show Cheers. Uh, but also, he worked on The X-Files, and that is what really poised him for the position he was in, calling me to let me know that he had a TV series pilot that had been greenlit by Discovery Channel. Now, of course, that means it's been approved, and they're ready to shoot it, and he's ready to cast the thing. And he said it was going to be called X-Ops. X meaning like the unknown, just like in X-Files, and then Ops being operations. And it was basically like a team concept. This is the most common thing that is pitched at me all the time in the TV business. The, the team investigator concept. We're going to put the Scooby-Doo gang together and send them out and investigate something. And most of the time these days, I don't even uh, I don't even consider offers like that because it's just, you know, it's I've done that. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in more creative things. than. But anyway, at that time, 
he had a very interesting prospect. For one thing, I could tell that Jim was a very, very intelligent guy who was truly just absolutely absorbed with all of this paranormal content. He really you know, knew what he was talking about, and he loved this stuff. So I, um, I made arrangements to meet with him while I was in L.A., so that was great that I got to meet him in person. He uh, picked me up with another producer. They took me out to a wonderful dinner. And mind you, Discovery Channel 15 years ago is, um, I believe, is a whole different operation than it is now. And so I haven't kept up again with how everything has changed around and, and switched hands and all that. But, you know, I have been on Discovery Channel many times over the years. In fact, I was just on Discovery Channel uh, in 2020. Uh, on a, a show called Rob Riggle, Global Investigator. Great show. Had a lot of fun shooting that. Um, but at, at 15 years ago, I, I don't think that it was the same company, so to speak. You know, on paper, I'm sure it's the same company, but d- totally different people. And, you know, a lot changes in 15 years. So anyway, um, he started telling me about his concept to do a show in Roswell, New Mexico. And as soon as I heard that, I kind of cringed because I thought, oh, boy, we're going to beat that dead horse again, you know. And he goes, oh, but listen, he goes, this is a brand new angle on Roswell. He said, there is a hospital in Roswell, which is on the property of the old army airfield roswell hospital the one that was there back in you know 47 when the crash occurred and at this new building on the same property he has a doctor a real md and numerous nurses who are willing to go on camera and swear that the hospital is haunted by the ghosts of the aliens Because the story goes that when the bodies were collected and they were taken to Hangar 84, that the first place they went after that was to basically this hospital where some kind of a preliminary exam or autopsy was done. And so now this is getting interesting because we're not just talking about an alien story or a ghost story. It's both. It's ghosts of aliens. This Okay, this is sounding promising. And he said that, in fact, this case was brought to him by the great Jim Mars. This is how I met Jim Mars. And Jim Mars would later become a really good friend. And, uh, you know, sadly, he passed away in 2017 uh, after an illness. He was 73 years old. And this is one of the reasons I think it's important to tell you this story uh, while I can, because you may want to, to go and try to, you know, verify or validate some of the things that I'm telling you. And I want you to have this information. So if you're that type of person, I can tell you all the people to contact if you want to know uh, that I'm telling you the truth in this in this podcast. So I became intrigued with this and basically he wanted to put together a group of seven team members. I would be as usual, like the techno, the tech gizmo guy, you know, and which is fine with me. You know, give me a meter. And, uh, you know, I used to say, I, I wish I were psychic. I wouldn't have to carry all these damn meters around all the time. <laughs> but it actually also alleviates a lot of stress when you can look at readings and be like, I'm either getting this reading or I'm not, you know. So. But anyway, uh, so for the team of seven people on XOPS, I introduced him to the two psychics that I happened to be working with on Possessed Possessions, Karen Reese and Laura Lee. He loved them both and hired them right on the spot, more or less. And uh, by the way, they are the most amazing psychics I've ever met. At some point, I will have each of them on this podcast and we will explore their ability but people ask me sometimes are there real psychics well most of them are not but these two are so anyway so there you go there's uh myself those two that's three people we of course needed an imaging specialist and so i immediately called brian irish who was the imaging specialist for my lemur paranormal investigation team uh that was an obvious one he was a shoe in and uh so eventually Uh, Let's see. Uh, Jim ended up casting Nick Redfern. Uh, He's a wonderful author on UFOs, cryptids, all kinds of weird stuff. Nick ended up becoming a really good friend because of this show as well. Uh, Ruben Uriarte 
And Ruben is um, he is an expert on uh, UFOs, especially a lot of sort of southwestern UFO activity. And then Richard Alaniz and Richard gave us that uh, Native American shaman background that was really fascinating. And then Heidi Hollis. Uh, so there are actually eight of us. Heidi Hollis, she is one of the most fascinating people you'll ever meet or hear of. Um, she has had a lot of face-to-face personal encounters with beings that are not of this dimension or this planet. Call them whatever you will. So, yeah, so that's eight people. Let's see, me, Brian Irish, Laura Lee, Karen Reese, Nick Redfern, Ruben Uriarte, Richard Alaniz, and Heidi Hollis. And then Jim Mars was kind of like the Charlie and Charlie's Angels, right? So he would get us together on the set and say, guys, I have a mission. And give us all of the information and then sort of designate what everybody's going to do. And then put us on our private Learjet, which, by the way, the production had a lot of money, and they they even rented our own private Learjet from John Travolta. Seriously. And we then would fly off into whatever whirlwind of activity, phantasmagoria, unearthly encounters that they wanted us to explore for that particular show. Sounds fun, right? Sounds like... We might go out there and actually get to the truth of some matters. But what happens when you actually achieve your goal and you find some truth when maybe you're not supposed to? I'm going to tell you what happened. When we got to Roswell and maybe discovered some things, saw some things we weren't supposed to see. I think you'll find it quite enlightening. If you love amazing pictures, videos, and breaking content, be sure to sign up for my free e-newsletter at joshuapwarren.com. It takes two seconds, and you'll instantly receive a free digital good luck charm and instructions on how to cheaply make aura glasses at home that might allow you to see the other side and on my website take a look at the curiosity shop to find rare amazing things you will not find anywhere else in the world there is no period after the p in joshuapwarren.com i am joshua p warren and you're listening to strange things on the iHeartRadio and coast to coast am paranormal podcast network and i We'll be right back after this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. 
And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With age, women and men have issues with fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, crepey skin on the neck, and aging on the hands. Dr. Nathan Newman has developed Luminous for amazing results treating these issues with his stem cell-based formula, APT200. Try Luminous today with our postage-paid starter kit for only $19.99, available exclusively at HealthyLooking.com. Join thousands of satisfied customers using Luminous. Learn more at HealthyLooking.com. Hey, the Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel is waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. You're listening to Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren on the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't forget, you can listen to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. On the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. On a cold November morning, 2005, Brian Irish and I boarded airplanes in North Carolina and we arrived at LAX and drivers picked us up and took us to San Bernardino, California, where we met the rest of the XOPS crew and we all just hit it off immediately. It just felt like we were with old friends, like a big family. Everything was great. Like I, I say, it was the beginning of many wonderful friendships that I maintain to this day. And, you know, they put us up in a great, uh, nice hotel there, and they had reserved the Norton Air Force Base as our set 
I'm telling you, like I say, they had some money that, you know, we're talking about a real Air Force base that was active up until 1994. That was our headquarters for this. And they had uh, a helicopter that would fly around and get shots of us. And this is before drones were around. And it was a little scary because they had this kind of a small helicopter. And if you moved uh, unexpectedly when it was flying around you, uh, it would cut your head off, you know. Thems were the old days. That's how I used to make TV, kids. So anyway, um, they gave us all kinds of swag like you wouldn't believe. I'm talking nice, big, like heavy Gore-Tex coats that had X-Ops and Discovery Channel, the Discovery Channel logo embroidered on them and caps and boonies and watches. They gave us a watch and this watch cost hundreds of dollars. It was a special ops watch. I mean, like that had the XOPS logo on it, still one of my most prized possessions, actually. And, I mean, this was just a top-notch five-star production, right? So, within a couple days, we all, you know, we were ready to go off as a team and really pursue this great mystery and, and get to the bottom of what was happening in Roswell. So, they put us on the jet with all with the leather interior and the nice big fully stocked bar. And, I mean, it was... Flying and luxury. When we got to Roswell, the one thing that I will tell you, I've only been to Roswell this once 15 years ago, and I don't know how much things may or may not have changed. But what I can tell you is that, at least in 2005, there is no reason to go through that area unless you have an interest in the Roswell alien story. There's just nothing else around there. From the moment we got there, we knew we were being monitored. Okay, I could tell you stories and stories and stories about this, but these shady characters, to say the least, were immediately following us wherever we went around town, even just, you know, stupid stuff, going to restaurants or whatever. There were a number of occasions when it was clear that we were being recorded when we didn't know about it. For example, at one point, I was talking privately to Brian Irish in uh, somewhere, like a, a lobby somewhere, and there was nobody else around. And he said something to me like, I wonder if they're going to have Bloody Mary mix on the on the plane. And I said, I don't know. And then like, I don't know, five minutes later, somebody from the crew was uh, coming through and giving us notes on stuff. And then they turned to Brian and go, and they said, oh yeah, and there is going to be a Bloody Mary mix on the plane. And Brian and I look at each other like, how the heck did they know we just had that conversation, right? So listen, I won't go down that wormhole. One of the first things that we did, however, rabbit hole, I guess you could say, but I like to call it a wormhole. Uh, We went to the Roswell Army Airfield Hospital property And we did our investigation there. And sure enough, we had a medical doctor and nurses. This is the real deal that worked there at that time. And they sat right down there. I mean, these were active employees in 2005. And they told us they were seeing the ghosts of these aliens that had apparently been taken there after the Roswell crash. There were animations that were made, you know, CGI kind of stuff for the TV show. I did investigation there all night. Got all kinds of bizarre readings. Um, so we were off to a pretty good start. And then the day came, I think it was like day number three, when we were actually going to go out to the site where the Roswell crash had, had occurred. And what you have to understand is there are a lot of people trying to make a nickel by telling you like, oh, oh yeah, this is the site where the crash was. And it's like a tourist trap thing. But no, we, we actually did real research and we got to the bottom of the place where there was a debris field. Because when this thing crashed, it didn't just crash at one spot. It skidded over miles and there were various uh, deposits of crash So we went to the center of that. We had these um, SUVs that had Discovery Channel emblazoned on the sides. And so we all piled in these SUVs and we're heading out to drive to the crash site. And finally, all of this weirdness of all these people like around town that are always kind of like spying on us kind of came to a head. Because as soon as we pulled out of the hotel heading to the crash site, blue lights everywhere. And they pulled our entire caravan over and the Roswell police detained our entire group there without any explanation for a good 30 minutes. I never was given an explanation for why they held us back. But when we were finally allowed to go, 
we drove out into the desert and we hiked for a long way and then you know we were on federal property of course there was like a white suv in the distance watching us through a a telescope uh, very similar to what you've seen at, at area 51 we didn't really find anything too amazing out there to be honest in the desert i mean you can imagine that's been picked pretty clean but we were doing a good job you know like we had been able to investigate the uh roswell museum there all night and use thermal cameras and we got some weird stuff and like everybody was doing a good job and getting weird stuff well here is what (laughs) here's what makes this story really special okay as we were getting toward the end of our shooting days, because we were there for about a week, I guess, on this extremely windy, cold night, we went to Hangar 84, which is a, just a gigantic, drafty, noisy, creepy hangar that is just out there in the desert, and uh, and that is where the bodies were supposedly first brought to before they then went to the hospital for their preliminary exam. And so Jim Castle thought it would be cool to do a seance in Hangar 84 to see if we could somehow commune with the spirits of the aliens. Fine. Sounds like a good idea to me, too. So he set up this big, round, wooden table, and it had candles all over it. And the whole cast sat around in a circle. And, of course, the psychics were going to lead all this. And I was just there with all of my gadgets and gizmos, And I was just going to sort of roam around the table to some extent, taking measurements of the energy environment in the room while this was happening. So it was all dark and spooky. And like I say, you hear like these metal panels banging when the wind blows. And it was just a very creepy experience. So the lights were pretty much turned down except for all these candles. And the seance seemed to be going pretty well. And I started picking up this uh, slowly elevating electromagnetic field. And it was getting just like really, really spooky. And everybody started getting the goosebumps. And they had about five dudes, big, tough guys surrounding this table, um, videotaping it from different angles. And you may not realize that being a cameraman, a professional cameraman is a very, very tough job. Camera equipment is really heavy and clunky. And those guys worked their butts off. And they had these really expensive cameras. At that time, each one of their cameras were $25,000 cameras. They were high-def cameras. And there was this one guy, and his name was Bob. And he was one of the chief camera guys. And as we were filming, Bob, who had just been, you know, just like the bulldog cameraman throughout this whole experience, just super tough, strong, durable dude, you know, Bob, he starts sort of like, it it took us a second to notice it, but he started kind of wavering a little bit. And then all of a sudden, in the right in the middle of this shoot, Bob just passes out, man. And he just hits the floor and this $25,000 camera goes bang. And there is a gasp in the room, of course. And so uh, immediately, you know, we cut. And everybody goes rushing over to Bob. Are you okay? And Bob looks like he's kind of out of it. They're about to call 911. And then Bob goes, no, I think I, I think maybe I locked my knees or something. Let me just go get some fresh air. So we took him outside. He got some fresh air. And after like 10 minutes, he said, okay, I think I'm fine. I don't know what happened, but I'm ready to go again. So we're like, okay. So we went back in to continue. And so Jim Castle starts resetting everything and he had a monitor there so that he could sort of look back and figure out where we were and sort of where we needed to pick this up from and how we needed to pick this up. Right. And so Jim rolls back the monitor and I heard him say, what the blank? Okay. I can't say that word here, but you know, the word, what the and I go over and I say, what is it? I was the first one standing right there. And I said, what is it, Jim? He goes, rewind that. He wound it back. Once again, he goes, what the? And now I'm going, what the? I don't know what I'm seeing either. All of a sudden, like everybody is crowded around us. What is it? What is it? What is it? 
he is rewinding the footage back to the point just before Bob passed out and hit the floor and playing it over and over and over. And what we see is one of the strangest things that I've ever seen in my life. Okay. I don't, I still cannot tell you with certainty what category this goes into. I don't know if you would call this ghostly or, or alien or interdimensional or, or, or something else. All right. I'm not sure. When we come back from this break, though, I'm going to tell you what we saw on this computer monitor. You know, it was it was actually just, you know, it was a video monitor is what it was. I'm going to tell you what we saw on this video monitor that we captured just before Bob hit the ground. And then what happened next? I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things. On the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Well, 2020 has been quite a year, and most of us are glad it's almost over. Live shows all over have been brought to a halt, but it's only a matter of time before they're back. Make sure and go to the coasttocoastam.com website under our events section for the latest updates on live theater shows, expos, and more. Go now to coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. The Internet is an extraordinary resource that links our children to a world of information, experiences, and ideas. It can also expose them to risk. Teach your children the basic safety rules of the virtual world. Our children are everything. Do everything for them. This is George Norrie, and you're listening to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now let's get back to Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. Here we are, staring at this monitor in awe and silence, really, once we started zoning in, focusing on this. Here you see our table, all of us sitting around it, conducting the seance. The candles are burning. And then all of a sudden, something appears over our heads that I can only describe to you as a huge, glowing, spectral, serpent or serpent-like form that slithers through the air over our heads straight over toward guess who? Bob. And then, pow! Bob hits the floor. Now, we did not see the big glowing spectral snake or serpent or whatever this thing was with our naked eyes. For one thing, we weren't even looking up. We were all just sort of focused on really each other and what was happening at the table. So it's not a surprise that we wouldn't have seen it. But this is something that only showed up on camera. And when I tell you a big glowing serpent-like thing appeared and slithered over our head, uh, but I don't know how else to describe, like, I don't know if this is a, a ghost or an alien or a spiritual being. I mean, I, I'm going to, I will get back to more of a recap of what I think this may be telling us in a minute. Okay. But the effect of seeing this alone was absolutely shocking. But the fact that it was, it went over toward Bob and did something to Bob that is the context. You know, here we are in Roswell and Hangar 84 where the alien bodies were brought, having a seance. Who's ever done that before? And capture with a professional crew this big thing flying over their head, our head, over to the cameraman, boom, knocking him to the floor. Like, none of us even knew that was there. How is that possible? When we, When it sunk in with us, what we had, all of a sudden... Our shock and confusion turned into elation, and we started high-fiving each other, saying, we don't know what we got here, but this is some kind of jackpot. This is good TV, man. We have reached the climax of the show. You know, we captured something here that's going to add a whole new chapter to the lore of Roswell. 
I mean, that's no small thing. A place that has been so exhaustively researched, and we've captured something that's completely bizarre and out of left field, that's done legitimately, captured from numerous camera angles, et cetera, et cetera, that is, you know, that makes this kind of an impact. We were, we were just, we were celebrating. We felt we had accomplished enough to make this show a hit. And in fact, after that, and by the way, Bob was fine in the long run. Uh, we flew back to San Bernardino to do kind of our wrap up in the hangar there at Norton. And this whole time we actually had with us supervising this big, elaborate, expensive production, two of the executive producers from the network, from Discovery. They were along the whole time and watching everything. And they were so excited that they were literally telling me face to face and all the other members of the cast, like, you Better go ahead and start looking for apartments in Los Angeles because you're probably going to be doing this show for a long, long, long time. And so basically when we all parted ways, it was it was actually sad. But at the same time, we were like, ah, we're going to be seeing each other again very, very soon. And Jim Castle said, now I just have to get the rough cut put together. And then, you know, once they see the final rough cut, we're good to go. I'm sure they'll love it. How could they not? Everybody is excited about this. And Jim even said, it's okay to go ahead and start promoting it. Go ahead and start talking it up. So we all went our separate ways. And sure enough, we all started talking it up. And and you have, you know, you're talking eight, nine people here, including Jim Mars, going all over the media, telling everybody, get ready, get ready, get ready. We got something big and weird and interesting on this new show called XOPS on the Discovery Channel. And we wait, and we wait, and we wait. Crickets, 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 crickets. What's happening? Weeks go by. I don't know, maybe six weeks. One day I got a call from Jim Castle, and Jim said, Josh, something very strange is going on here. I said, oh, yeah, what's that? He said, well, it began with these two producers, that I, the, the ones who were with us from Discovery, and I know their names, and I remember their names, but I'm not going to say their names on this podcast. He said, I, I started calling them. We used to talk on a, almost a daily basis. He says, I call them and I nobody answers. It just rings and rings and rings and rings and rings. No voicemail, no nothing. He said, uh, you know, I, one of them I called finally and a man answered. And I said, oh, thank goodness. This is, this is Jim Castle. I'm trying to get in touch with blah, blah, blah. Click, hangs up. Jim calls the network. Uh, this person's out to lunch. This person's out to lunch. Everybody associated with this whole project is just sort of gone. They've just vanished. And finally, Jim gets in touch with one of the big wigs, one of the top people there. And the guy said to Jim, this is never going to see the light of day. And Jim goes, why? And he says, it's just... It's not going to be released. It's not going to be released. And that was the end of it. Boom. We got this phenomenal footage. And, and they they put this elaborate thing together. And we were told to start promoting it, etc. And now everybody's gone. To this day, 15 years later, I have never heard a peep from those two producers at Discovery. And nobody knows what happened here. Jim Castle told me, he said, this is amazing, Josh, because I've been in TV my whole life. I've, I, I've worked on hundreds of shows. I've never, ever seen anything like this before. So here we were promoting this thing all this time. And Jim Mars, who was one of the most outspoken peop, uh, people ever, he said, well, we got to let people know what's going on here. It's going to make us look like a bunch of oafs. So Jim gets on coast to coast AM and he says, screw this contract and whatever, you know, confidentiality. And he starts telling everybody what happened. And so after that, all the rest of the cast starts talking about what happened. And suddenly the discovery channel is getting overwhelmed, overwhelmed with phone calls from people 
saying, we want to see XOPS. Just put it on once. Just put it on at two o'clock in the morning. Even if it sucks for some reason, let us decide. And by the way, it doesn't suck, but I'll get back to that in a minute. I actually called the Discovery Channel and I got the operator and I didn't tell the operator who I was. And I said, yeah, I'm interested in the XOPS show and when that's going to be released. And the operator was fortunately a, a nice lady who was talkative. She says, we've been getting so many calls from people wanting us to air that, that we have changed our phone numbers. It's in the vault. It's in the vault at Discovery, my friends. To this day, it has never been aired, and I have no more information for you. But you know what? I have the footage. I have the footage of this thing slithering over our heads. Why did they can this? I don't know, but but listen to this. Just think about this. The headquarters for Discovery was in Silver Spring, Maryland. A stone's throw from the NSA, the National Security Agency. We're talking less than a 30-minute drive. And many other secretive government buildings. There was a lot of talk about whether or not we had found something that was a little too close to the truth that should not be revealed for some bizarre reason. What does it all mean? Aliens, ghosts, and phantasmal serpents? Well, maybe the answer is simple. Aliens are more than just creatures from another physical planet. They are creatures that are from another dimension altogether. They transcend normal biology. They are both physical and spiritual. They blur the line between the physical and non-physical. And that is why there are very, very real reports of very, very real aliens, and yet we have such trouble capturing them in a test tube or putting them under a microscope, so to speak. But maybe we can learn more about the nature of what's happening here if we're allowed to properly study this footage. Will this ever be released? I do not know. And at this point, 15 years later, I don't even know who would have the power to release it. I guess Jim Castle would be a good place to start. If anybody out there is, if you're, if you're a credible person, I don't, I don't want to just hear from any Tom, Dick or Harry, but if you're a credible person, if you're a filmmaker and you want to look into this and follow up on it, get in touch with me and I'll see if I can get you in touch with Jim Castle. It's an interesting story on many, many levels. And I'm fortunate that I have the footage, but I wanted to tell you that story while there, while most of the people who are involved are still alive can still verify what I have told you is true. And while there's still a chance that some of this may one day see the light of day, I've never worked on a project so big that has just been shut down so quickly after we got something really strange and significant and wild like that that would have looked great on TV. And yet that's what happened with the Notorious X-Ops Project. Now you know the story. When we come back, I want to read you some interesting emails I've gotten from listeners. Always good stuff. I'm Joshua Pete Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back after this. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. 
And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 2020 is almost behind us, and yet for some of us, there's still so much to be thankful for. For others, not so much. Help your local charity or food bank with a donation so others can have a great holiday season as well. At ParanormalDate.com, you meet the most fantastic people. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Jennifer. What brings you here? Yeah, I'm here to meet someone who understands me. How so? Well, I'm into UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, the paranormal, that kind of stuff. But can't seem to find anyone who gets it. Oh, well, um, nice to meet you, Tom. I, I gotta go. Uh, okay. Guess that's not your cup of tea. Are you sure? Very. Good luck with that. I can't meet anyone when I'm out and I really can't find a website for my unique interests. What is one to do? Have you thought about ParanormalDate.com? Para what dot what? Who are you? I'm a paranormal matchmaker and it's ParanormalDate.com It's a website for people looking for people like them. Stuff you like, remember? Interesting. Uh, I'll give it a try. Well, let's try this again. Uh, Hi, I'm Tom. Hey, I'm Deb. Your profile on Paranormal date.com looked very interesting. So you really saw a UFO? Well, yeah. It was so intense, but not as intense as meeting you. You're an alien chasing flirt, but I kind of like it. Wow. This paranormaldate.com thing really works. Maybe paranormaldate.com is for you. People with an interest in things they hear on George's show find their match daily. So if you're looking for that special someone with an interest in UFOs, ghosts, aliens, big Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and of course, the paranormal. Come to the dating site inspired by George Norrie. It's always free to search, and if you decide to upgrade to our amazing new features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. ParanormalDate.com. You are not alone. You're listening to Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. 
Don't forget you can listen to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and I recently gave you a podcast about the so-called Mandela Effect. I've gotten a lot of interesting emails from doing that podcast. Here is one that came from Chris in Missouri. He said, in listening to your podcast on the Mandela Effect, I remembered a conversation I had with a friend about a particular verse in the Bible, Isaiah eleven six. My friend asked me if I remembered reading in the Bible that the lion shall lie down with the lamb. I said that I did remember reading that in the Bible, but he directed me to the actual content of the verse, and it says the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. He goes on to say, and the leopard shall lie down with the child and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, blah, blah, blah. So it's no longer a lion and a lamb. It's a wolf and a lamb. Does that sound right to you? And, you know, he reminded me of this. That's actually one of my favorite examples, and I just didn't have time to mention them all. But it's a good one, isn't it? Chris says, I, like he and his wife, was stunned. He said, how does one explain that? Here's another email I got from the Mandela Effect show. This comes from Alan in California. He said, dear Mr. Warren, good evening to you and your wife, Lauren. I am very aware of the Mandela Effect. I, too, heard that Mr. Mandela had died in prison. I also heard that Nichelle uh, Nichols had died. That's Uhura of Star Trek. And then I hear that she is alive and having some property trouble. You know what? As soon as he said that, I thought, huh? Because I also could swear that I recently saw a news report that Nichelle Nichols had died. Because I remember them saying, oh, this was the first time, you know, where there was an on-screen kiss of this sort with her and Captain Kirk and making a big deal out of that being a groundbreaking moment. And I could have sworn that I also saw what he's talking. But no, she is alive and well. Alan says something is most surely going on here. He also says, thanks again for the forces of nature, Juan, that you sold me. It works so powerfully. And your golden ratio tone, that's the good fortune tone, is working. Smooth sailing these last two weeks. Please keep on playing it. Thanks. Well, okay, I will do that, Alan. I will play that 20-second good fortune tone at the end of this segment. I love all the stories I'm getting from people. I've told you some of them already. You know, some people, they put a cup of water uh, in front of it while it's playing, and then they drink the water and get all this energy. Or um, there there are just so many. Like one guy, he said he put it into a, a spectrograph machine or, or, or program himself and was and using the patterns to make uh, different uh, manifestation devices. And so... I will definitely play that for you again here on this particular podcast. Listen to this testimonial who comes from, let's see, this one comes from Crystal in California. She said, I spent a, a lot of time learning about organite, found it to be amazing stuff. By the way, if you don't know what organite is, at some point I'll do a podcast about that. It's a very bizarre substance. 
She says, I became a bit obsessed and started making and selling Organite on eBay. I thought it would be really cool to be able to see the energy from it. So I made the Aura Visor and put one of my strongest Organite pyramids in front of a white sheet of paper. Now, what she's talking about here is if you sign up for my free e-newsletter, then you instantly receive some links to some cool free stuff. One is a digital good luck charm. The other is information on how to make the Aura Visor yourself right there at home for next to nothing that will help you train your eyes to see into other realms. So she used this information. She said, it did not take much time before I could see the energy coming from it after this out of this pyramid. She says, after I relaxed, I found it helps to sort of yawn and think I can see the energy and then start to see it. Another thing, I live in a haunted house. Now, I'm not the kind that can see or talk to ghosts. I know they're there when they move stuff or make noise. I do sometimes see them just out of the corner of my eye. But I'm very used to it, and I think it's way cool that when I've been practicing aura viewing a lot each day, well, one time I saw a wispy paranormal-looking cloud, and another time a little bit of one of my ghosts. So cool. I hope I get to a point where seeing this energy becomes more and more normal and natural for me. For now, I will keep on practicing. Thank you so much for the info on this. I'm telling you, if you have not made those aura vision or I call it, you know, the aura visor, if you've not made that. You can make it for pennies at your house and you will really open open your eyes and your mind i got this testimonial from a lady in tennessee i i could give her name but this is sort of personal so i think i won't put her name out there uh she says hi mr warren i know you don't have a lot of time i'll keep this as brief as possible my 25 year old son for almost the last year would have nothing to do with his grandmother would not answer the phone if it was her or even get out of a car to walk 10 feet to drop off groceries at her house when I did her shopping. That's how bad it was. For no good reason, he basically hated her. She's a wonderful and kind-hearted person, so his hate was unfounded. I heard about your psionic dematerializer product through your podcast, so I bought it along with the dog tag with the Pono phrases, which he swore he would wear. I got the product, set it up, and he started wearing the dog tag, and although it was a real struggle for him at first, he started to say the phrases several times a day. Within two weeks, his attitude started changing, and he was happier and less stressed out so much. And one day, his grandmother called, and I was busy, so I asked him to get the phone, and he did. He ended up talking with her about 20 minutes, much to my amazement. Then she asked if she could take him out to lunch for his birthday in a few days, and he agreed. It just got better after that, and he actually went to her house to help her do things that she couldn't do herself. So thank you for making the dog tags with the phrases that help my son overcome anger, bitterness, And I believe self-hate. And I can tell you it was beyond bad. At times, I couldn't stand to be around him. Exclamation point. Just four little sentences have made a world of difference in our lives. She put world in capital letters. If they could change my son, then they could benefit anybody. Feel free to use any part of this as a testimonial if you wish. Thanks again for the miraculous dog tag. Thank you so much to everybody who wrote to me, um, including, uh, of course, this lady from Tennessee. And But I, I, I'm sad to report that as of recording this right now, I only have two of the psionic dematerializers left, the Bad Buster. 
I am going to look into making another batch sometime next year because they have been so popular. But right now, there are only two. And if you go to the curiosity shop at joshuapwarren.com, you'll see what I'm talking about. And these things, they do sell out uh, the stuff I put there because they're unique, handmade you know, items you can only find there. I also got a question I want to answer for those of you who have a dematerializer. The question is, is it, is it okay to use the word no or not in the dematerializer? Like, not enough living space. Because this person said, we live in a single wide and my room is so small, I continually hit my toes on the bed frame. So is it okay to say not enough living space? Is this the appropriate way to word this? And yes, it is actually, because whatever, if you have a, a bad buster, a psionic dematerializer, the concept is whatever you put in there, you are neutralizing. So if you put not enough living space, that's all you need. That's a statement of your problem. So yes, you put that in there, and now the the device is designed to help you neutralize the concept of having not enough living space. So that's exactly how you do it. It's okay to use words no and not, uh, or or any other wording you need, as long as you make sure that you're not saying the opposite of what you want you're saying i put this thing in here that i don't want and that is what you're going to neutralize what you don't want all right okay it's time for me to play for you once again the good fortune tone it's 20 seconds relax here we go That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait until you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.